Welcome to the Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Fanny Darling. And I'm Justin Hartung. As always, a quick warning that there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we will do our best to let you know they're coming. This episode, we've got a review of the romantic fantasy, 3,000 Years of Longing. We're also talking the Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon. It's set in a time when the Targaryens ruled Westeros, and the Whigs were blonde. This is a plea to rate and review us wherever you can do that. So go ahead and do that for us. Thanks. <laughs> Please. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to get right into our first like kind of mini main topic because we know you're here for Game of Thrones, but we just got out of this movie, so we're going to talk about it first. Uh, 3,000 Years of Longing. It's based on an A.S. Byatt novel, and it's directed by George Miller, who uh, I think his last and only thing is Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, not the only thing. Well, it's the first movie. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, oh, okay. First movie. Right, right. Like, okay. not, not the only thing he's ever done in his whole life, right. but his first movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's a story of the meeting in a hotel room between Tilda Swinton, who plays a narratologist. I'm not going to tell you what that means. You can figure it out or Justin will say it <laughs> later. Um, and Idris Elba's Jen, who is a genie that she accidentally releases. I mean, he's a Jen that she actually accidentally releases. The Jen shares stories of his previous romances and imprisonments, and she decides whether or not she'll make a wish. Should we go into spoilers on this? Sure. Okay. Uh, so if you have not seen 3,000 Years of Longing, um, I would say get to a theater quickly, because I'm not sure it's going to be around too much longer. Um, so, or, or you can wait, and then you'll forget this by the time that you finally rent it. But I think we can say right off the top... Um, First of all, a little about our movie-going experience. Uh, we were kind of, I don't know, I was reading articles this week about how movies are dead and the box office is terrible and nothing's out and it's the movie apocalypse and there will never be movies ever again and COVID's ruined everything. And most of that is wow. probably still true, but today, got the movie said today, not today, sirs and ma'ams and everybody. Um, wow. Uh, <laughs> it was packed. And it our was movie was packed. packed. It was like, yeah, we basically And grabbed. like full of pretentious art fucks just like us yeah. that were like shushing each other and everyone was quiet and it was it was like amazing. Even, and also a mix too of like young people that yes. didn't seem like they'd normally be into that kind of movie. And I think right off the bat, just going right into a reaction here, I, I think people were pretty like held by it. Like it yeah, didn't I think so. for a kind of slow, meandering, weird little romantic fantasy. I mean, it's hard to call it little because it's like also spans three thousand years. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. Also, it's set in a hotel room. So yeah, know. it's just a strange movie, and especially strange coming after um, Fury Road. It's just really cool that that's what he took his money and power and he just was like i want to do this like crazy like romantic fantasy movie yeah um the performances are fantastic i think they really make this thing yeah kind of hum I mean, along both of them are such pros and and so watchable and yeah talented that you can't really go wrong if you stick those two completely fascinating looking people totally and they both have wonderful voices and you know there's nothing they're so watchable, even if they're not talking or acting. You, I don't know how you'd really make it not captivating. You'd have to go out of your way to make it boring. Well, and she plays such a sort of quirky, sort of intellectual, sort of, you know, solo person that I think could have easily turned into a bad caricature that... I feel so attacked by her character. <laughs> but it didn't, right? It sort of no, made it was her great. very, it was really like, good. warm and funny. There was, mm -hmm. like, the humor to her performance and the writing of her character that was yes. really and in a charming. really good way, because the easy way to go with that sort of introverted intellect that's almost a nerd about stories and, and you know, taps their foot constantly and, you know, has short red hair, <laughs> is to make them unapproachable and cold and 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 she had friends that loved her and you know that, that she she was a warm character and i i'm glad that they made that choice because there are those of us that are introverted and don't want to be married that we, i still have a very full life 
you know? Right. And right. I want to live alone. Doesn't mean I don't want to date people. Doesn't mean I don't want to, like, hug my friends. Doesn't mean I'm unapproachable. And I like that they figured that out and made her like that, you know? And it really, uh, I just think it, that warmth, it could have gone, I've never read the book. I don't think either of us have, but it could have so easily been a pretentious mess, mm-hmm. but it was warm. And that yes. warmth and that funniness, exactly. sort of, I think, was what was unusual about yeah, it. Yeah, she it's, was competent, yeah. but without being a bitch. Yeah. She was, she was an actual real person that might be like that. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. And I have to say, in general, it's just nice to see George Miller, an old white dude who's been making movies forever. He really likes women and yeah. like likes interesting women. And I just, uh, I'm, it's nice to see that. I mean, I can kind of see... I. I can see a line from Charlize Theron to Tilda Swinton, as odd as that sounds. Totally. I really can. Well, and particularly, not even the characters so much as just the people. It's like, oh, you chose these two women to spotlight. And yes, they're both beautiful women. They're both powerful women. But they're also both incredibly talented, warm women who kind of break the idea of what you expect a a beautiful, powerful woman to be totally. because they're of pretty much because of their intelligence right, and right. they're not at all dependent on who they're dating. You know, like Charlize Theron, you don't, yeah, okay, she was with Sean Penn or whatever, but you don't hear a lot about her romantic life with partners. Tilda Swinton, I happen to know she has two partners, but I don't know why I know that because it's not in, in the news a lot or anything because they are so much who they are and they are so powerful in their own space. And I think it's interesting that those are the two women that he chose to work with in these two big projects. Yeah. And it's um it's it's kind of an unlikely romance. Like it's very like I was saying earlier, like I really did not know if it was gonna go there and right. I don't I won't go too spoiler in it, but it I, I the movie in general just keeps <laughs> surprising you. Like it's a very like every little moment you think like, Oh, I know how this would go in you know, the Princess Bride version of this right. or the like super pretentious like whatever. Where it goes wrong and it's or, tragic. Yeah. And, and it's know. just it's a prize it's like that even their chemistry and that combination of actors. Right. Like you sort of think you know what's gonna happen and but it's they're so good at like keeping you on your toes in a weird I, way. I don't wanna go I mean, what I want to say is pretty spoilery. Skip so your button is I think fifteen seconds, so <laughs> skip fifteen seconds if you don't want to hear it. I liked that it didn't do okay, here we go. I'm gonna do blah blah blah. Okay, now skip fifteen seconds. I like that it didn't do a complete happily ever after, but it also didn't doom anybody to be sad for anybody else. Nobody had to be tragically, you know, like stoic or he got to go and be free and then he came back to visit her in her lifetime, right. you know, and I liked that and yeah. that it hadn't, didn't have to be this. It has to be completely one or the other. It could be this nice, good relationship that was mostly a friendship of love. And yes, they, they, their chemistry was there and they had that too. But the reason it was there was because of the fondness that they had for each other. And I really liked that. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. I feel like I'm going to chew on this movie. I mean, we literally just came out of it. And there's yeah. going to be a lot more. And I'm having about. all of these thoughts now. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And I mean, there's all these stories that the Jin tells, which are sort of about power and war and violence and women and men and sort of all these themes. I kept wondering, like, wow, usually in these kind of movies I'd be like, well, this is telling me be careful what you wish for. This is telling me, like, war and power corrupts. But, like, the stories don't fit into these boxes no. at all. I mean, the only thing that, that, that does the through thing is her every story about wishes tells you not to make them. Right. But they didn't, they, they're not like those kinds of right. stories either, though. Like, yeah, no, I know. But I, I like that that, and the, yeah. but it, then it didn't become, but that means I'm not going to make it. Right. It just means I really need to, I need to consider this. Yeah. You know, yeah. I need to consider if I'm willing to take this chance with you. Am I willing to make myself vulnerable enough to tell you what my wish is? Which is so smart and weird. Yep. It's a sort of entryway into a And a it's relationships, relationship. too. 100%. Am I willing to show you what I want? Want from you? Am yep. I willing to show, tell you what I want from, and might not get it? Yeah. And and here she is knowing that she would could get it, but it could, you know, is it because 
she wished it or is it because he wanted to give it to her? Right. Which also comes into play. Like, what are his wishes? What are his desires? Exactly. And not just like, I want to be free or not. You know, it's sort of... Right, no, and it goes into all of that, but not... It's not heavy-handed. Yeah. And and I'm only realizing the layers of it as we're talking about it. Yeah. And so that's really cool. It's fun. I really liked it. Recommend it. Total shout-out to just like also the... I loved the weird sort of... Uh, special effects yes. kind of fantasy elements that were very like just the striking sort of, and kind of finding beauty in very small weird like a bottle morphing into like yes. sludge and or whatever like and, glitter in the air yeah. that wasn't like you know it was like a real glitter or or something very slightly melting with glitter it was beautiful yeah he has a really interesting touch with those kinds of visuals that i like, it's unique the visuals of Idris's lower half of his body it was never clear they they sort of alluded to you know what you see of a genie coming out of a bottle of right. the, his lower half but he he had feet yeah but it was never clear and I liked that they didn't go into it that they were just like yeah that's what the lower half of his body looks like you know yeah <laughs> also yeah. there's his butt which thank you <laughs> George Miller I appreciate that <laughs> yeah I definitely recommend this and I am happy that despite you know uh, predictions of its early box office demise, people seemed into it, and it made me wonder if there's a word of mouth thing happening. Because so. um, this movie's fun, and George Miller is, I think, our most interesting kind of mainstream director. Yeah, I want to see what he's like, going to do next. Cool choices. I mean, Babe, Witches of Eastwick, yeah. Lorenzo's Oil, the Mad Max yeah. movies. Like Lorenzo's Oil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, interesting movie. It's interesting. Um, so wait, he directed all of those, or yeah. did he write them? Okay, well then, why did you say his them. first movie? Oh, no, I meant his first movie since Mad Max Fury Road. I see what you're saying. Thank you. Thank you. I was just following a script, (laughs) y'all. I mean, it says his first movie since Mad Max Fury Road. Does it say that? Um, I I skipped over it. You gave me another glass of wine. This is your fault. It is all my fault. Um, But yeah, what a range, right? Just like a very strange career. And I love that he's getting the money and putting it to good use. Yep. Um, Speaking of... Getting a lot of money and, and putting it to good use. Good question mark use. <laughs> House of the Dragon. Uh, this is set 170 years before Game of Thrones, which they tell you right off the bat in a heavy-handed um, narration, which kind of tells you what you think of the show, Justin. Um, this show follows the Targaryen family long before Daenerys went banana pants and torched Westeros. Uh, out of character. Uh, our main characters in this one include Renaria. I hope I'm saying that right. A young woman desperate to prove her mettle and claim the throne. It also is her uncle, a tantrum-throwing creeper played by Matt Smith. And Patty Considine as the king who can't seem to go five minutes without cutting himself on that very <laughs> impractical iron throne, which I think is the one holdover character in the whole thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Um, although it looks a bit sh- sharper and pointier and more yeah. swordy in this one. Um, we've seen two episodes, three episodes, two, two, two. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pass the mic to you. Fan. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite uh, tweet that I have seen was a reminder to everyone don't name your car- your uh, children after any of the characters till the series is over so shout out to all the Khaleesi's out there sorry you're named after Westeros Hitler oh my god uh, I didn't think about oh that oh yeah lots of people did it yes wow yeah, yeah, there's lots of Daenerys's and Khaleesi and yeah they're named after so they just mad at themselves yeah Westeros Hitler yeah. anywho um I, I, I like dragons <laughs> You like this. It's okay. Don't No, I don't like it. Um, I don't hate it, but I can't say that I like it. Okay. Does that make sense? Totally. Like, I, like I'm not, like, it wasn't, I, I was dragged kicking, into, kicking and screaming into Game of Thrones anyway, and then it took my heart, and then it jumped up and down and spit on it. So <laughs> I went into this with a lot of trepidation. So it beat those expectations where it wasn't like oh this is the worst shit I've ever seen in my life and they just ruined all the characters I ever cared about low low bar <laughs> I really like Olivia Cook and I think she's going to show up in the next episode I love Eve Best there are performances in this show that I I think I will continue to watch it I don't know that I think it's any good and I don't understand that people think that Matt Smith has sex. <laughs> that's that's my review. I, I all of you people that think that Matt Smith has sex are wrong. I am with you on the Matt Smith thing. <laughs> I do not understand it. I mean, I like 
like him. I think he's talented. Yeah. I just he is like negative in the yeah. sexual, like like you know, in the sexual anything. Like I just don't think that he thinks about sex, which is yeah. fine. Whatever. Right. I don't so care. Don't, I'm not don't put saying him in this the in any bad way. I'm not saying yeah. he's unattractive. Nothing like that. I just don't. I think he oozes zero sexuality at all. Yeah, that's all. I am going to start with the things I like. I think that it is really sort of beautifully shot. Yes. I love the colors, the costumes. It actually looks a little different than Game of Thrones, which I'm impressed it's by. It's brighter. Uh, shout out to our friend David Smedley. He thinks it looks like hot trash on a cheap Atari <laughs> Commodore 64. The, the graphics are bad. I'm like, I don't I think you maybe need to go back and watch the first Game of Thrones season because some of that looked real bad, I think. Um, but I don't have any problem with the look of it, honestly. I think it actually looks kind of cool like i like sort of all the like detail in it and all the like fabrics Mm -hmm. and whatever all the performances i think are pretty solid i have to say like if anything renaria that actor is the one that's sort of i'm forgetting her name the apology yeah yeah she's sort of like intriguing but i also know she's not going to be around very long there's gonna be a replacement so so spoilers for that but um Spoilers for the world, yeah. Because the world's told you this exactly. Already. I know. I mean, it's kind of funny that they tipped that to everybody so early. I guess well, they I think just didn't it's, want to it's, get people used to. Well, and her. I think in the book, it's it happens yeah. the same thing. It and happens I quickly. I have to wonder if I had never seen Game of Thrones, like how would I react to this? If this was just the first thing, I would have been like, oh, this is like you know court intrigue or whatever, right. and some cool dragons. I like dragons. I'm going to talk about the, you know some dragon land later, um, but it. So I don't know, but the it's like we were talking about this earlier off off mic about um, the upcoming season of Handmaid's Tale, and it does feel like this is just all that's left is the cruelty. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of like all that's left is the incest and yeah, child rape. Yeah. I mean, all of the fucking horrible sexual politics of like not even sexual politics, but just child abuse. That's mm-hmm. like I, I get really I'm getting really burned out and I this makes me not like Game of Thrones in retrospect, but also makes me mad at myself for not seeing like, it. Yeah, or, or letting it you. slide during that show of like right. he seems George R. R. Martin and, and these creators seem a little hung up on this idea of like sexual trauma towards women and children mm-hmm. and and also violence towards just people like horrible sadistic violence. Like it feels leering. I don't know it's like if it's just a court intrigue show, like you can do that and have like not all this vile stuff. And to be like, well, but that's how it was at the time. It's like this is not. We're not in a time. This is like a fantasy land. Right. So like, what are we doing here? There wasn't what is, a black guy then. Yeah, right. What is the purpose of all of this? I just I'm like, and I'm not saying don't put bla- a black guy in your show. I'm saying right. you don't have to revel in the. I get what you're saying. You can change enough and and say a little bit, and it is a fantasy, and you can allude to this stuff without yeah. showing Patty Constantine walking with a 10-year-old and the 10-year-old says, my mom says, I don't have to bed you till I'm 14. Yeah. You can, there's a line. Really <laughs> I got fucking you. icky. And then yeah. I will say, I, you know, I don't know where the show's going, but I did sort of say, okay, well, I'm, I'm out. very seriously on the fence about this and I'm going to read ahead on the wiki page because this is based on some it's book based that's on not a book, a book or whatever. It's like a history slash yeah. book or something. And... It's a money grab. Guys, I mean, guys, if this follows the plot, like you're in for a <laughs> world of anger and depravity. And like, um, yeah, I just kind of think all of our instincts about George R. R. Martin are just sort of like, yeah, no, I think he's probably a total creep. Um, <laughs> sorry. And also, the thing I, I mean, really. that hat. Come on. Yeah, the hat. And also, finish your fucking other books. <laughs> <laughs> The thing that George R.R. R. Martin is not your bitch. <laughs> no, Thank you, Neil yeah. Gaiman. That's the greatest title ever. The the thing that I did sort of really think about was the first episode of Game of Thrones. You were like, oh, like I like half these characters. I they may do horrible things down right. the line, and they do, but like I, I I can see the humanity in them, and I like them. This show, I'm like, you're all flat, kind of just power hungry monsters. I don't get well, any more. Here's the thing. I I take great pleasure in people who haven't seen game of thrones yet and telling them oh yeah you've seen what the first two episodes Th- three seasons from now you're gonna root for jamie lannister oh no i am not <laughs> okay and, and the then they come back and, and like you know all that stuff really played out well yes no that's yeah. what i mean is they they even 
the most heinous characters there was a depth there that you didn't even know it was there yet but they did come around yeah now season six seven and eight you know there's a whole nother thing but he is capable of writing this because all of the good stuff of game of thrones was based on his storytelling and it but it does seem as if as this has drug on and as he has delved into the history it just becomes you know child rape the trauma show yeah you know and power yeah i just don't know see i don't really see room for anybody deep in here in ways that are going to be interesting and maybe it'll surprise me in three seasons i'll tell you if it does yeah but but yeah i kind of think i'm out um also too many dragons that have names like i i like dragons i'm about to talk about lord of the rings don't want to know all the dragon names. Don't care. <laughs> because also, they don't really build... Dragons didn't do anything to you, Justin. <laughs> they don't even really, like, build the dragon character. It's like... I mean, they're going to. Uh, man, The I world says show. they're going to. Yeah. All right. Um, I will be happy to get dispatches. This will make very hilarious updates. Um, I'm gonna, yeah, there'll be the dispatches while Fanny watches uh, House of the Dragon and Handmaid's Tale. Oh so, God, yeah, I'm right? taking two punches for y'all. Exactly. You're welcome. You're doing it to yourself. Uh, no, you said I had to. <laughs> you said it with a smile and like you didn't mean it, but you still said I did. Let's move on to other stuff we both saw. Uh, I only saw the first episode of The Sandman. Fanny watched the entire thing. This is the. I didn't watch the bonus 11th episode. Okay. The long awaited Neil Gaiman adaptation on Netflix. Um, I have read some of the comics. Uh, I've read three pages of the comics and turned my back. Yeah. This is how Um, I. This is a lot of me and Neil Gaiman's actual writing. Like, I am so glad that Neil Gaiman exists in the world. And I think he's a really good storyteller when he's talking. I just do like his writing. I am 100% with you. I don't get it. <laughs> and to me, this... And I love, awesome like, I loved Good show, Omens, but... didn't care for a shit about the book, don't even remember if I finished it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's something very flat about yeah, it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Good good ideas, kind of just like, I mean, no warmth, as we're yeah. sort of talking about. Um, yeah, so what did you think British. of the show? I really loved the. I really loved Sandman. I really did. Good. Um, I the the beginning had me just with performances. Um, Kirby Simone Baptiste as Death and David Thulwis and uh, you know Richardson uh, Natasha Richardson. I just uh, the Sturridge James Stur. Uh, I think it's James Sturridge who plays uh, Dream. I think he's good. Um, I don't. I think he's probably the least interesting character in the show, which is a little weird. But um, and then as it went on, it also there's a really adorable baby gargoyle, which you have to stay for the baby gargoyle. Oh, fun! I, yeah. Maybe I can just watch highlights. Yeah, which is a yeah, yeah, real. The, the baby gargoyle is pretty <laughs> adorable. And if you can, if you can make it through the first couple of episodes, are a little sloggy and a little. Here's a whole bunch of fucking information. Right. Um, but. None of the pieces of information that they give you don't pay off. None of them that they give you are for no reason. And I respect that. And it, I think it pays off incredibly well. I thought it was a very good season. I really enjoyed it. And I look forward to... Oh, Gwendolyn Christie is fabulous. Uh, I'm excited to see her. I didn't make it to her, too. Yeah. Yep. I am, um, you know, I, it's not like I didn't like it. I just didn't grab me. And there's, like, enough stuff that I... Just didn't find myself going, oh, I gotta watch the second episode. So I don't know what happened. I, You know, the first episode, I think I was also a little distracted when we watched it. And I didn't really like... Distracted, i.e. drunk. <laughs> Combination, uh-huh. maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, it just... Yeah, we'll see. I, I think for me, it is a little of that cipher of the character who's the main dream is like what you're saying. He's very just like a cipher yeah. and, a, and a metaphor. And I feel like so much of the book is written that way. Right. That it's these sort of grand abstract ideas but you're then for me it's a little like well okay but i don't care like give me a give me a puppet show then um oh pat oswald's uh raven is hilarious matthew matthew the raven he's great nice yeah i will i will probably give it a chance when i have some time to kind of focus on it a show I will not be watching any more of and i'm you've watched three that i've watched three of this and i I am very sad to report she hulk is bad everybody it's so bad i hate to 
uh, say this because I was sort of, I mean, not that I was very excited about it because it's like, it's. I was because I love Tatiana Maslani. Yeah, and I have not actually seen Orphan Black, and that's oh my on my God. list. Um, I've oh seen like an episode or two no. and sort of knew that she was good. She is so good, and this show lets her down at every turn, whether it's the terrible CGI, the awful pacing, the like. The boobs and the hair. The really bad jokes. The humor is so awkward, and none of it lands. Um, it seems so like awkwardly trying to fuse the Marvel story stuff with this like legal comedy. It does not blend whatsoever. Like she sometimes is the Hulk in the in the office, and sometimes not. There don't seem to be any rules other than like they just have to show her sometimes, like in boobs. Yeah, nope, and nope, nope. Um, there are shots in this of her just talking to regular people that we did in the Hobbit, whatever, twenty years ago, and it looked great. And this looks like absolute garbage i don't know what happened there but the whole show just looks maddening there are scenes where the editing there's a one scene in the third episode where they're like cutting an angle here and then suddenly she's looking in the camera and i don't know enough about editing but i just you can be like you oh you don't edit it like this this is like <laughs> and this isn't like some art choice this is just somebody just had to slap this together and get it out the door oh. um it it's it's not good and and each episode has no like no rhythm it's like you have kind of a fun idea here of like take a villain from the marvel thing or a third-rate character from marvel and have her defend them like that's fun that's a great easy setup it's like we were talking about like those adult swim harvey birdman attorney at law like uh you know the tick well Um, i think it's how they're bringing daredevil into it right yeah i assume she's gonna defend fisk yeah, so these shows should this it's a perfect setup to do something fun, but it's really just not working. And like what's his name? Tim Roth shows up as oh, I love Tim Roth um, and I don't want to see him do something bad, so I'm not watching. Looks really awkward in it and takes up multiple episodes and you're like, This should have been like one episode and then there are these like subplots with the side character. Renee Goldsberry is in this thing and she's Renee like Elise Elise, Goldsberry. sorry, forgetting that middle name. Wait completely wasted. I don't know what's oh. happening there. Um Lots of people. That guy from um, the kind of hot, dumb boyfriend from Smilf is in it. Totally, like, wasted. Um, I think he's from Smilf. I can't remember. I don't know. Um, but, yeah. So this is a total misfire. I don't know what happened. I'm sad, and I'm going to stop watching The blonde it. guy with the nose? No, he's like... He's the guy who talks like... I can't do it. Okay. Impression. He's like kind of a dumb, hot, dorky, but sort of stonery hot guy. Um, you'll see him when you see him. Um, okay, I'm not watching yeah. She-Hulk, yeah, so we'll I'll have to it, look it we'll up. We'll look it up later. Uh, we also saw Jinx and Jinx Monsoon and Ben de la Creme. Drag becomes yes. her. San Francisco at the Castro Castle. Theater. Um, I took uh, Dave for his birthday. And Fanny came and we went to the Castro and it was fun. It was delightful. Yeah. I mean, it was like... You know, it was like whatever. It was like I mean, it was like, a drag show, it drag but it show. was. Yeah. But there was also some moments of true, you know, hilarity, and also just sitting there and getting to see exactly how talented Jinx Monsoon is, and that she uh. can belt and she her timing, and getting to sit and feel like. I was supporting this talent who, as my son's my son says, I want to be Jinx Monsoon when I grow up. And so to be able to sit and kind of revel in that talent was, yeah, it was special. I yeah. really, really enjoyed it. I, Quality-wise of a drag show, a drag show is a drag show. But yeah. getting to support and, this type of thing just was wonderful. And it was actually, you know, like well put time. together. Yeah, it was no, like, I had a you great know, time. And it sort of made me, I, our first thought was, oh God, do we need to watch, this is a retelling of um, Death Becomes Her. And my first thought was, do we need to watch it? And I'm like, no, I think Seen we, it. that we've just, this, this did it. This is yep. a scratch my itch. Um, yep. Jake Sponsoon does an amazing Meryl Streep yep. imitation, but also is Jinx still, so it's yep. fun. Um, yeah, and Ben de la Creme does all the, Kind of music stuff, sure. and Peaches Christ was the the drag queen who sort of produced it, and she's in it also, and it's doing the Isabella Rossellini, yep. and uh, it's it's fun. I you know I I want more of all of this in the world. Yeah, so. totally. If it comes yeah. to your town, you should see it. Yeah. All right. Why don't you go next? Tell me what um, your we news saw, and what you've been seeing. No, and... no, we saw the rehearsal. Oh God! See, look at me blogging that out. Um, Nathan Fielder. His second you show. Fucking weirdo. Nathan, what was the first one called? Like explains Nathan it for, for you. you. For you, that's it. Which yeah. I did not watch. I'm just like, Clarissa explains it all. No. 
I've been hearing about the show forever. Yeah, me too, forever. Yeah, I couldn't even remember that you had seen it and talked about it. I have, no, like, no, no, I did oh, not see okay. Nathan for you. I've never watched a no, single. No, but the rehearsal, oh, the you rehearsal, told me about yeah. it, did you talk about it? I told you about it, it? Okay. didn't talk about it at the podcast. Um, I said, I need you to watch this because I think it was a fever dream. Yeah, this is, uh, so just to describe this, uh, we've only both seen the first episode. This is a reality show, question mark? About it's unscripted. Unscripted, where this persona nathan who's a stand-up comedian sort of playing himself maybe is playing a character version of himself um basically gets people to i don't i mean at least the first one gets somebody to confess to a lie they've been telling well i think that person reached out to him and said i want to tell about this lie to my trivia people anyway they go through like weeks of going through everything that could possibly happen and and running every scenario and then they film him confessing this to this person on his trivia team and it's just fucking weird it's odd i really don't there's like a funny moment where the whole thing seems to be okay we're rehearsing this real life situation isn't it funny and sad how that life just is predictable and people hew to these scripts and that's kind of, you know, the point which you're like, okay, A, I don't necessarily really believe that and B, like, okay, is the whole series going to be about this? Whatever. And then at the end, of course, there is a moment where it is like, oh, no, people are more complicated. And that was sort of like nice and touching and unexpected. But then it immediately goes into the scene where it's sort of like, He's been also lying, lying to this so person. He confesses, yeah. So he confesses, and he does his own rehearsal. No, isn't that all mm. meta or whatever? But it, I mean, I, f- I found it kind of interesting. I can't imagine what the rest of the show is. And also, I, there's obviously just tons of ethical questions of like, yeah, my Fanny's making fun of me because my first question was, do like did he tell this guy that like, did he show them an ep- he, he showed an he episode of he he texts me he says Fanny they show them an episode of the final cut before they put it on TV right <laughs> they get their approval and I was like oh my god my sweet summer child no no they do not do that I just I for somebody who's trying to make a show where he's not supposed to be a monster but I feel like even in this scene you sort of get the sense that he knows he's being a monster which is just sort of like. Okay, like, I don't know what to make of any of this. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of curious about what the rest of the heck this thing is about. Um, but, yeah, it's very strange. Very strange. And uncomfortable. Yeah. And people kept describing it as, like, a comedy. And people were saying, oh, how's that guy going to feel when people know that people are laughing at him? I was like, I wasn't laughing at no. him. None of it was funny. It just was sort of, like, normal people that have sort of normal neuroses and yeah. sort of exploiting them no, and I did not. Yeah. very very odd Most odd things happen and i keep thinking do i want to i like I'm, i'll be in the hbo and it's terrible ai and like kind of thumbing around and i'll go oh i could watch another i'm not watching another episode of the rehearsal right now i can't do it yeah i can't do it it gave me stress yeah i mean yeah. It might, it's it's interesting if only for the mechanics of like what he's willing to sort of go through to put yes. these things together. It's sort of like, okay, well that's creative and insane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Why don't you tell me what, uh, I thought it was what, you. what's been on your mind? Ah, I've been there's a J you here. Go you go next. Okay. But there's a J here. And that's you. Want you. Me to go? I can go. Yeah, you go. Okay. There's a J here. Um, all right. Rings of Power, the new Lord of the Rings uh, series. This one is the most expensive show ever made, apparently. me me might have heard of it. Um, J.A. Bayona, who did um, uh, The Orphan, which is a fun Spanish horror movie. He did um, (laughs) Forbidden Kingdom, the Jurassic Park movie that I actually, from the recent batch, that I didn't hate, even though I know it was so dumb, it looked good and moved well. Um, and I don't know who else there's, I guess some of the token people are involved in it. And this is somewhat based on like 12 pages of like text <laughs> somewhere, like all the like backflipping and like whatever to be like, no, but it's based on real Tolkien. It's like, nobody cares. Like, <laughs> and the people that do care, I ain't talking to you. I don't really even no, want to have a conversation with you. Like this is a big, <laughs> this is our leading big, silly, dumb sandbox for like all things fantasy that don't involve child brides and like incest like and to that i say thank you thank you 
<laughs> Jay Bayona and um, the other thing I like about this show. Okay, I'm just, I've only watched two episodes. I was saying to Fanny earlier, like I've had a bad. I mean, I've just had a bad summer overall. But I'm just like I'm not liking anything. Is it me? Like, is it them? What's happening? It's him. Um, but this totally just turned things around for me. It's so right up my alley. I mean, I think it's more fun than the movies. The movies are kind of a slog, and they're a little self-serious. I've never watched any of their movies because they look like a slog and self-serious, and I don't care. And they're too like don't like the books either. Long and like they're just they're up their own butt, and this kind of isn't. It just like moves along yet. and is what's that? Yeah, uh, yet maybe I don't know. I'm this is just like the perfect like medium fantasy there's nothing to it there's we can no both report back you tell me about this i'll tell you yeah. about Dra- house of the dragon and we'll see what happens the, the creature effects are just like mwah, chef's kiss of like crazy like orcs and sea serpents and um it's kind of scary uh the act one of the things i like is there's not a single goddamn familiar actor in this thing to me um think maybe the lead who plays young um galadriel which was the kate winslet role yeah kate Not winslet, kate winslet. <laughs> blanchett blanchett um i think she's been in stuff but maybe i don't know she's good um it's nobody that's like distracting me and i'm really like noticing how much i like sort of prefer that lately just like it's fun if you find good actors that aren't overly exposed and you should just not look at cast lists because you wouldn't recognize their faces <laughs> anyway these people are probably all super famous and i just don't not recognizing them um but it's fun and it's not not getting bogged down in like the woes of man and like whatever it's just sort of like yeah there's some fucking monsters and we're gonna fight them and just like beat the evil guys great um i am enjoying the shit out of this i'm so glad um legitimately i'm not making fun of you i am legitimately happy that you're enjoying it. and it should have been a train wreck i was really shocked that i had as much fun with it as i did uh jit uh in can't read my own writing Inu O, which I was going to stumble over anyways, is a movie I saw on a recent trip to New York. Uh, this is an anime uh, sort of, I guess, movie. I'm terrible with my definitions of what that actually means. I th- guess it was based on a book, but it, maybe that was a manga. I'm not sure. It is directed by uh, Masaki uh, Yuasa. I hope I'm saying that right. He apparently is sort of a somewhat kind of up-and-coming big deal he's done sort of weird mixes of things he did something that sounds very like um uh luca the pixar movie it sort of sounded like maybe it was an inspiration for that a little bit or something it's called lou over the wall or something like that but um i think it's a little more kitty oriented this movie is (laughs) so strange and wonderful and i can't stop thinking about it this was another thing that sort of turned around my sort of general sourpussness um it is about basically a feudal Japan. There is this, uh, it's called the no kind of performing arts style and people kind of dress up in characters and they sing songs and there's dancing and whatever. And this basically says, okay, what if that, but like crazy glam gender kind of non-conforming kind of fantasy slight spirits kind of doing this. And there's a rock band that forms and the music is, totally anachronistic they're basically doing like freddie mercury queen and it's super gender bendy and they're basically telling the stories of dead soldiers and the sort of fascist kind of people in charge are sort of like no you can't actually like channel the spirits because they'll tell what really happened to them so there's this great kind of political uh sort of twist on it the music is there are like 15 minute songs in this where it's just like draggy like foot stomping Freddie Mercury like heavy rock songs and things are flying in the sky and I so wish I smoked weed more often because this would have been like a total like just yeah gummy gummy central but it's sweet and it's weird it's about the power of friendship (laughs) and 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 just good music stuff and it's very like queer there's apparently one of the uh, people that voices one of the characters is a non-binary performer in Japan. And I sort of found that out after the fact, cause I was like, who's involved in this. I really kind of just stumbled on this movie. Um, even though he's got quite a fan base, the director, I really like this movie and I really want to like yeah. talk about it nice. with people. It's pretty special. It was sort of also like when people talk about like anime is not just like hot, you know, girls with big tits and exploding right. like bodies and motorcycles. You're like, Oh yeah, no, this is, it's doing something totally different here. And it's really fucking cool. Nice. Uh, it's Inu O. Um, I think it's probably not in theaters, but hopefully it will be coming on 
But if you take a pl- plane, it. oh, it's in. You saw it in New York, not yeah, on the plane. The next yeah. one's the one you saw. Next on one's plane. on a plane. I coming back from New York. Watch, come on, come on. The Mike Mills. Sorry film. to the person sitting next to him on the plane. Uh, I apologize, whoever you were. <laughs> I did not mean to cry. It was sort of an intense trip. You didn't Anyways, wipe your nose on the um, sleeve or anything, did you? Oh God, no, I did at least have a napkin. <laughs> um, but I was doing the like pull down the glasses, like just wipe with my face. Like it was just Aww. a lot. Uh, you know, this movie is even since I've seen it, sort of has evaporated from my brain a little bit it's it's very sentimental but not that there's anything wrong with that it's like sometimes you just want to just bask cry. in those feelings mm-hmm. and cry and this is that movie it is uh came out last year it's uh, now on showtime i believe um it is uh joaquin phoenix is the brother of uh i'm gonna forget her name hoffman abby um, gabby gabby hoffman and they He's basically the uncle, you know, to her kid, and he has to take care of this kid for a while. This kid is very precocious. This kid has a father who's struggling with mental illness, so Gabby Hoffman sort of disappears to deal with that, and this very unprepared uncle has to learn. That's already getting me in my feels. It's a very Justin story. And this character was very, I don't know, I just super to him like and also he's just he's really good in this role it's just was a very a really kind of, good actor um and gabby hoffman was great and there's this weird precocious kid who like in any other movie you'd just be like i hate this kid this is filmed in black and white it's <laughs> so <up>. pretentious <laughs> you want to punch it in the face yeah except that you, it totally worked on you it totally worked on me um this is a very i wonder if it'll still be playing on the airline when i fly to texas <laughs> right you should to watch see it. my niece i have a feeling you'd really like i'll get off movie. the plane being like <laughs> Yeah. I think you'll like this. It's it's definitely worth watching. Um not super deep, but just kind of just, you know, come on, come on. I mean it's kind of funny. The title is actually something that they say when they kind of don't know what else they need from people. They're just like, Come on, come on, like just tell me what you're thinking. So or what you're feeling really. Um so it gets at that. Um call back to our our gin movie because it sort of has a little of that in it. Um, I'm still watching Only Murders in the Building. This is a show that I finished the first season, thought was perfectly fine. I was like, I'm not going to watch a second season. It's dumb. I started watching it. I'll probably finish it. This is a very... You watched I, all of Frankie and Grace. I feel like this is very my... Or Grace uh, and Frankie. I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling very fanny here. I'm just like, it's on. I'll watch it. It's it's sweet. It's fun. Um, sure, it's my fault. <laughs> uh, the second season does do a few things that I did not expect, uh, including Selena Gomez's character coming out as queer in a very sort of just like non she doesn't come out they're just like like, you people weren't paying attention yeah just like also she's queer and um yeah and the side characters it delves into um sort of these various nuts that live in new york and never want to leave their buildings and uh that has actually been more fun than i thought it would amy schumer shows up your mileage may vary i think she's kind of funny um it's funny like martin and short are the least funny people in this and it's like that's saying something <laughs> i just kind of wish they were better and given something better to do but um i also watched another kind of your basic kind of show i guess <laughs> mythic quest on apple plus um this is is it apple plus do they really call it that yeah apple tv plus apple tv plus right so this is the some uh always sunny in philadelphia guys um they the main, the one brother stars in it. Um, there's also the guy from Community. Uh, there's a lot of familiar Nick faces. Hale? In this. Uh, no, no, the, the other, other guy. guy. I'm blanking okay. on his name. Um, and also, F. Murray Abraham is sure. like a. Of course. Yeah. Why not? As a writer who's like totally narcissistic and writes the like cutscenes of the video games like the Shakespeare. And it's kind of funny. That's where some funny laughs. Um, and it's it's sweet. It's funny. It's nothing you've haven't seen before it's very much sort of constantly riffing on uh, sort of how terrible it is to be a woman in this world making a video game and um there's some funny good writing but then the second season because there have been two seasons today and the third one's starting you start to be like okay now of course they have to soften up this hot guy from it's always sunny and make him not be such a monster and show that she can also be a monster and it's feeling a little like okay that's not what was interesting about the show so i don't know where the show's headed it feels like it's maybe it's rob mcelany or whatever the hell yeah, his name is it feels yeah. like it's maybe doing something wrong <laughs> um warhol diaries this is a god eight part six part i can't remember how many parts uh netflix documentary about this uh, diaries of Andy Warhol. Really, that what's about? Yeah, crazy, right? So it's called the Warhol uh, Truth Diaries. and Advertising. Um, it 
it's too long, like all these fucking things. It's too focused on like, who's Andy dating now? And it's like, I was in love with this socialite from whatever. And no, like, who cares? I really like, I don't do not care who Andy Warhol was dating like at all. And you have to suffer through like multiple relationships. Nope. And it's fun. Like the only reason I did watch it was because a, his writing style and it's read by Bill Irwin is the oh, voice. I love Bill Irwin. And he sort of keeps it kind of moving along. But, I mean, it's literally like, I went to Katz's Deli today. People sure seem to like the pastrami. I don't know how I feel about pastrami. It's, nope. it's just a lot of meat, and there's a lot of fat. Nope. But I suppose mustard does help. And his, like, observations are so, like, almost a parody. It's Warhol of, like, a, as a Hemingway. A nope. child's diary. Like, I'm it reminded so me of a diary that I wrote when I was 10 years yeah. old, literally. Um, but then his art is brilliant. And Yeah, but that doesn't mean I gotta listen to him talk. No. But I did watch the entire thing, and I can't say I disliked it. So, I don't know. Um... I also went to the Goonies. Uh, Dave bought me a birthday present. We went to the Goonies at uh, San Francisco Symphony. There was live. They have a, a whole mu- uh, accompaniment movie s- series that they yeah. did. Yeah. They did the Princess Bride last year, and I didn't know, and I'm sad. It was a lot of fun. Goonies still got it. It really, like, Goonies are still good enough. Sorry. They are. Um, it, the one time I went to the, symf- the symphony that they did, the movie, I went to Psycho. So fun. It's still it's totally problematic. It's, There's lots of fat shaming and... Asian weird stereotypes and weird, like, girl stuff. Martha Plimpton is still, though, you know, my first and original, like, girl crush. Um, (laughs) I love her so much. Dave, who has not ever liked this movie and mostly put up with me liking it, um, it might be because it was his gift and he kind of had to like it, but he, (laughs) I think for the first time, got what the rest of us were seeing in it, and he was laughing. I mean, fucking chunk man just a comic genius that kid um just really all that stuff holds up the direction is really funny and the symphony is banging score good score um okay a couple books for you and then i will go stop because i've been talking too long when women were dragons uh this is kelly barnhill's book i don't know who kelly barnhill is i need to actually i do think it's a debut novel oh is it really okay This one really caught me off guard, everybody. It is uh, literally what the title says. It is about... Everybody's talking about it, Justin. I know, but I just stumbled on it randomly. (laughs) I love it. Me being me. Um, I love it. It is literally about kind of an alternate history where in the 1950s, women just start spontaneously turning into dragons. Um, And it should be noted, this is women in all our definitions of the term Mm -hmm. women, which I really appreciated. Um, It also... uh, is really interesting in that it becomes a very open metaphor about sort of just women's choice more than anything. And just sort of like, you know, there's a capability to be a dragon, but some people feel more naturally inclined towards it. Some people don't, but it does seem to be sort of like a female thing. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really well written. It moves really well. It's very touching. It's about, that would be a hard thing to just write about naturally. So I, I respect that. It's it's about third on my list of I'm going to read it, but I've got like two or three things in front of it. So and it's got a main character who's dealing with grief and having to hold down the fort and raise her uh, her, co- her younger cousin and like a mother and it's just a it's and she deals with thing of like why am I not a dragon and like are people just leaving me and it's really like I cried. This is a great weird. I kind of feel like a classic. Like young, oh, it's it's yeah. getting all kinds of is it? incredible. Okay, books. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm no, so out of this world that I was so happy been, that I I have heard known about it for about six months. Yeah, it was on my book release calendar. I'm just nice, saying, nice. Um, it it it's getting all kinds of of buzz and press and and and, and pre release buzz as well. So it's it's not it's not a small little book. It's it's out there in the world, and it's really a book that I feel like will appeal to like so many different ages and yeah. so many it's just it's so well written um highly recommend when women were dragons uh also another great book that i guess is classified as ya although this book is so dark that it's like hard for my brain to process that uh the darkness outside us by elliot Schreffer. this is a book about uh again more queer theme sorry everybody hitting that hard this week there is uh these two guys on a spaceship um who 
kind of have to figure out they're on this mission, but they keep sort of waking up mysteriously. Uh, this is really a mystery about what is happening in the world outside the spaceship, what their actual mission is. Um, they don't, one character sort of openly queer, one is not, and they sort of figure out how they feel about each other during the course of this thing. It gets real dark and real bleak, um, but sort of also ultimately hopeful. Like I think of it, it ended as dark as it sort of presented, but man, talk about good. This is going to make an amazing movie. It is just really intricately, perfectly plotted. Um, I don't want to say anymore because it's a real mystery. I would give it away. I think another book I think you'd really like. Um, Finally, I read Howl's Moving Castle, the book by Diana Wynne Jones. I thought she was Diane Wynne Jones. I don't know. I'm probably getting that wrong. I'm probably wrong. I saw the Miyazaki movie years ago and was like, what the fuck? fuck is this nonsense <laughs> i was sort of intrigued but it was definitely even then when i saw it i was like there's this maybe there's something's lost in translation here i do not know what i'm looking at right and i i was right this book is really fun it's really charming all the weirdness that's in that movie is definitely on the page have you never read anyone jones no it's oh justin you she's like you should read more of her you would dig her it's so strange yeah. it's but it's also like the strangeness is all just sort of matter of fact um mm-hmm. and it's got obviously a tons of like feminist sort of like oh my god yeah like no she's got on. a couple of series yeah no you should yeah. look into her you would dig her i can't wait to read more because i was really surprised by this and was like tore through it <laughs> like a heartbeat and again another book that's like who is this for? Is it kids? Is it adults? Like it's. I so mean, she this... was kid YA in her time, but there wasn't YA then. Yeah, so, yeah. and it's such a, a funny book about aging as a woman. Like, there's mm-hmm. so much interesting stuff in it. I really, really liked it, and I like that Howl was sort of just this like kind of like the stand-in for every like douchey guy that's over impressed with his abilities and, <laughs> and stature in life. But you also sort of like. Oh, he's also just a per like a, a person, a character, and you sort of like get all his nuances and I, I, I yeah, fun book. Um, all right, I talked a lot. You're up. Okay, um, I will say that I looked it up. Uh, Di- uh, Karen Barnhill, she it's her first adult novel. She wrote uh, the Girl Who Drank the Moon, which is it's actually a pretty well known YA oh, cool. novel and a couple of other. Things. I will try some more of her stuff. So, there you go. Um, what do I have here? Okay. First, I'm going to start out with a little bit of news because it makes me really, really happy. Um, Elijah Wood has been cast in uh, Yellow Jackets. He is going to be sort of a true crime uh, citizen detective foil for Christina Ricci's character, which I'm excited about. And they have cast Liv Hewson's, uh alter, older alter ego, and it's going to be Lauren Ambrose, which is the best piece of casting I have maybe ever heard um it of course duh it makes so much sense like they i i'm sure it was out there like lots of fan people if i was on reddit would have been saying it and that they're gloating now but i hadn't thought of it and oh my god it's fucking brilliant and i cannot wait for season two of yellow jackets melanie linsky got her extremely well-deserved emmy nomination for this show it got quite a few emmy nominations i'm gonna give it a shot just you're gonna tell me where the gross stuff is i'm gonna watch it it's such a great show cannot wait for it to come back um okay on tv i watched the resort on Peacock, which I think they thought was going to like save Peacock. It did feel like a lot of hype around it. Mm-hmm. Not what you think? I love Skylar yeah. Gaznato. Yeah, I really, really love Christina Milotti, and you know I love Harper um, um, William Harper Jackson. The show is boring. Yeah, it's. Boring. It's a murder mystery told in two timelines and, you know, maybe sort of bored couple that have gone and is going to try and save their marriage to solve this other mur- It's boring. Ugh. I watched four episodes and I have not been able to force myself to go back. It's boring and I'm sad. I saw a finale review headline that said something along the lines of, Who gives well, the shit? resort is over and for once I can't wait to get back to work after this vacation. Yeah. No, it's it's boring. It's so sad. Um, I watched literally every single episode of Evil on uh, Paramount Plus like last three weekend. Three seasons, right? Well, yeah. yeah that's in in one weekend. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. All of it. All of it. I love the show. This is a great show. It's a whole lot of fun. It has really interesting things to say, I think. I really like uh, the Kings who produce it. They also do the, they did the Good Wife and the Good Fight. And um, 
Good Fight's coming back this weekend. Could not be more excited for its final season. And apparently Alan Cummings' character from The Good Wife is coming back. I'm very excited. Um, Another show I'm going to have to grill you, like, one of the gross episodes, and then I can just fast forward to those. Yeah, because it's worth it. It's worth digging in. It has so much... It really has a lot to say. And it's about friendship, about women, about family, about you know desire it's got it's and it's just sort of weird and quirky too and and but then super on the surface about you know like it doesn't try and act like oh it, its quirkiness is kind of in the fact that it just presents these things as normal like you know oh and how many bo- my boss has five eyeballs if you see him that way because he's a demon you know (laughs) with like you know antlers and an animal face with five eye you know he looks like a goat with five eyeballs except most people see him and think he looks like somebody famous it's yeah i i really enjoy this show but that's sort of i like that kind of weird magical realism or urban fantasy of like weird mystical things walking around in the real real world anyway and you know i mean come on Coulter is a tall drink of water. <laughs> so, um, uh, P Valley ended its second season on stars. I do not know why you have not watched this show yet, Justin. I know. I do not know. It's, it's stars, uh, like women block. power <laughs> and like really great, great queer storytelling. And I, this, I love this show so much. I really do want to watch it. I just got to get into that stars. So good. <laughs> oh my God. It's right there on my Amazon. It's not even the I stars know. login anymore. I have it on Amazon. We'll just, make it happen. Yeah. It's so good. Um, watched. I watched most of The Shy season five. Uh, I w- had gotten to the end of four and then didn't, I don't think, realize that season five has happened and apparently it's over. I'm most of the way through it. This is one of those shows that like, I forget how much I enjoy the characters until I'm sitting in it. Like, I'll walk away for months and then I'll watch like five episodes in a row because the dialogue is so good and the character interactions are so good. I loved that first season, and I don't know why I didn't continue with it. It's still, yeah, it's. I mean, it's just a soap opera. Yeah. Um, but it's. Is the kid from Moonlight still in it? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm sorry, I had to like think there. I just the dialogue is good. It's really just you know it's a soap opera, but it's about characters that you want to sit and listen to them talk to each other, and and it's it's. You know, there's a lot of, much like Misha Green when she talked about Lovecraft Country, there's a lot of black joy here, nice. which I really, you know, yeah, there's some trauma, there's all of that too, but that what it revels in really is the family and the black joy and the, you know, and I, we don't get enough of that. We get, there's so much message story and so much trauma. And so I'm so glad that this exists in the world to just be what it is. Um. Bad Sisters on Apple TV Plus is Sharon Horgan's new show. It's about five Catholic sisters, four of whom uh, try and team up to kill the uh, the fifth's husband because he's a piece of shit. Um, three episodes of this have dropped. It's delightful. Nice. I mean, it's just uh, uh, Bono's daughter, Eve Houston, is in it. I've seen her in a couple other things before. She was fine. She's great in this. Nice. Sharon Horgan is great. It's funny. It's quirky. You know, you root for them to kill this guy. So far, it's told on two timelines. One where he's dead, so you know they succeed. That comes, it's the first scene is his funeral, so I'm not spoiling anything in here. And, but then the, the first three episodes are just the three attempts that they made. So you don't know how it actually happens. And it starts out like two sisters try and then they have to pull in a third and now they're going to have to pull in a fourth. So, you know, they, they have these failed attempts. And I am so looking forward for the next episode to drop. I, you know, I love Sharon Horgan. Yeah. Catastrophe is one of my favorite all-time shows. This is a lot of fun. Nice. And, you know, it's set in, in the suburbs of Dublin, and it's, so it's just lovely. Um, I finally was able to sit down and watch Blackbird, also on t- Apple TV+. Plus. This is Ray Liotta's final uh, performance, and Taron Egerton plays his son. It's based on a true story of a drug dealer who went to prison and was often offered a commutation of his sentence if he could transfer and get a serial killer to confess and say where bodies were buried. Um, It's a really interesting piece of filmmaking anyway. Taron Egerton is so fucking talented, which is amazing because he's also so beautiful, but... um, 
if he goes the way of Tom Cruise's and and his incredibly trained teeth and decides to just (laughs) become like a charisma machine, it will break my heart because he's (laughs) so talented. And really, this is a fitting final performance as a sort of beleaguered, probably cop on the take, but not really bad, who just wants his son to be safe and... It's really good. It's worth watching. All nice. the performances are great. The guy that plays uh, the the serial killer, um, he was in. Oh, I can't think of it. He always just reminds me of the fucking idiot guy from Pawn Stars, but that's not. <laughs> anyway, the guy that plays the serial killer is really good as well. This is it's, it's super worth your time. Um, Animal Kingdom series finale. We've come full circle. We were talking about Animal Kingdom when we first started this podcast. It has now become over. That's all I have to say about it. Oh, no. Oh, it didn't end well. I mean, the, the, the final episode probably actually was the best episode of this final season, but this it's final season rough. was not good. Okay. Last season was only, like, half good. I mean, it definitely, yeah. like, in your lists each yeah. year, it sort of went further and further down. The, the minute they killed off... They killed off Ellen Barkin. Oh. And then they started doing, like, flashback storytelling with Leah George, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's daughter, playing Smurf and kind of telling their story. And Leah George is really good, but it just wasn't interesting. And nobody, I didn't care about their story. And it just felt kind of hackneyed and thrown together. And Shan, Sean Hattesey um, is so talented, but he's wasted here. And uh, same with Finn, whose name I can't remember, who plays the Jay, the main kid. And I just, you know. How long did it go? Just too long. This was its fifth season. Yeah. And the two other brothers that I really liked, they ended up being the most Darren and, and uh Craig ended up being like the two most interesting characters and okay spoiler alert skip forward 15 seconds if you don't want to hear about the season uh, finale spoilers of Animal Kingdom it did make me cry uh, because of course one of them dies and the other one like Darren has to hold Craig while he dies and promise that he'll raise his kid as his own and it did get me because those two actors were both good and you care about these characters but just in general, didn't care. Okay, we're back from Animal Kingdom. <laughs> also on Apple TV Plus, there's this show called Suspicion. It has Uma Thurman in it. Wow, I've never even heard of this. Yeah, don't watch it. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's like this, like heist. People kidnap a son of a high-powered executive who may be hiding, like, secrets about climate change and then try and force her to tell the truth. But then there's, like, all these twists and turns. It's so dumb. And worse than that, it's fucking boring. Don't watch it. Um, American Horror Stories. Don't watch this show. This is the anthology one, right? Well, it's the one that that each week is. It's always an anthology, but this one's each week is a different story. This last one was like about this girl who worked in a morgue and this and her boyfriend was boring and she'd had trauma when she was a kid but he was a really nice boyfriend and she was going to marry him but then like this weird guy who'd been in the car when his parents died also and and respected death too faked his own death and then she had sex with his corpse and then he decided he was in love with her and then at her wedding to the boring guy he showed a video of her having sex with his dead corpse but he'd taken drugs to seem dead and then um, so then everybody called her zombie fucker. And then at the end, she meets him in a cemetery and says that he's, she's ruined, he's ruined her, her life. And she and he said, no, but I really love you. And so she shot him and then they had sex in the grave while they both died and put dirt on top of each other. Sounds fun. This is what the show is about. <laughs> all right. Yeah. This not, it's, I don't even know how you come up with that story <laughs> that I just told you. Like what the fuck? Certainly not Twilight Zone anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. Next, next, my, um, uh, next week we're going to talk about The Patient because Justin's going to watch one. I've watched two. I want three. We'll talk about it after Justin watches one. I'm not going to go there yet. And American Gigolo is starting this weekend too, which I will watch and we'll get there. <laughs> so I saw Bullet Train with um, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brad Pitt and the voice of Sandra Bullock and uh, Brian T- Tyree Henry and um, What's Her Bucket, Joey King and the hot guy from Warrior and I can't think of the man that plays his father's name but he's also awesome and Michael Shannon and this is just a whole lot of fun this is directed by the man that directed the first John Wick movie and you can tell it is just a rip-roaring 
a lot of fat, rapid-fire dialogue and really good fight choreography and just everything's fun. Everything that's seated pays off, so it's actually, like, dumb smart. Nice. A lot of fun. Nice. Um, I have read... Um, the book I am reading now is Girl Forgotten, which is the newest Karen Slaughter, which is usually just a beach read. Did not make it clear until I was 20 pages in that this is a follow-up to pieces of her that I hated. Oh, no. And that was turned into a Netflix uh, series. It's basically just a hackneyed retelling of uh, the Patty Hearst story. Okay. And this one's about what happens to the daughter afterwards when she becomes a U.S. Marshal. Okay. And they don't make that clear. And so for the first 20 pages, you're like, wait a minute. Wasn't there a black stepdad named Gordon in the last one? Yes. Yes, there was. (laughs) So I see you, Karen Slaughter, and I don't like it. And one of her characters' name is Clay Morrow, which is the name of Ron Perlman's character in Sons of Anarchy, and I know that was on purpose. <laughs> okay. I am playing um, Cult of the Lamb on the Switch video game. This is title. basically um, Animal Kingdom, except your island isn't full of like cute little soft, fluffy... Animal Crossing, right? Animal Crossing, yep. yes. Um, Animal Kingdom, the yeah, Switch that too. game would be fun. Well, kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Instead of, like, soft, fluffy lambs that you're trying to make comfortable and stay on your island, you're indoctrinating them into your cult and then maybe murdering them. I really like it. It's fun. Um, I next Mac Tyson. That's my flaming hot take. I feel like the world has forgotten that he's a convicted rapist and wife beater, and I do not understand why he's in a movie on Hulu while he's also mad at Hulu for the documentary or the... It's not documentary because it's like the Pam and Tommy thing. It's fictionalized documentary of his life. So he's really mad at Hulu, but he's also in a Hulu original movie with Theo Rossi from uh, with blonde hair. From yeah, I only knew about the, the you know biography thing. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. Two and he's yeah. mad about that because yeah. somebody else owns the rights to his. But I don't know if he's mad at it because I don't think they say they go into the whole rapist thing. I think he's just mad because they don't have the rights. And there's definitely been just in the air a redemption kind of arc happening. And I don't. It's, I mean, it's since, so upsetting. <laughs> since what the, the Bradley Cooper thing that he was in. Yeah. The what's the name of that fucking thing? The Hangover. Right. Right. Yeah. Since then. And it's yeah. like, I'm so, and he had a one man show on Broadway. It's yeah. like, what? It's, people, he's not a good guy. No, I don't, uh, yeah. I don't, so I nixed Mike Tyson. That's my flaming hot take from 20 years ago. Love it. Awesome. Well, we talked about a lot. It's been a while. So you've surely got thoughts. Talk about it with us uh, at Facebook on the Nick's podcast. You can give us a good old email at motiontonix at gmail.com. Uh, you can talk to us on Twitter. I'm sort of there these days, slowing down. I'm slowing down on all the social media lately. I don't know about you. Uh, I am at Justin Hartungue on Twitter. I'm at Fanny V Darling, and we are both on at the next podcast. Although Fanny mostly handles it. Also, I did update the movie calendar for at least another month or Yay! so, so you can find out some upcoming releases. If there's stuff that you see on there, mm-hmm. um, tell us. What Talk about that. Like, All the TV yeah. uh, t- TVs and movies are up there. Books are a little... I put some books. Cool. Well, we will see you hopefully sooner than... Yeah, the summer break is over. We're back. Yes. <laughs> if, there's, if we're going Justin's by the movie Justin's going to watch The Patient, and yes. we're going to talk about it. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.